Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another week of the Ninth State Sports Show Lacrosse Edition. My name is Joe Marcellina. Joining me, as always, is Derry Field AD and boys lacrosse coach Chris Hetler. Chris, how are you? How are you adjusting to uh, to the cooler temperatures of New Hampshire now that you're not in Florida uh, anymore? Joe, it was literally a slap in the face this week. That win, <laughs> that win, the first couple of days has been fighting, but uh, it's uh, it's Wednesday afternoon. I was actually able to take my gloves off for the first time this afternoon, and uh, you know what? I tell you what, we're still out there. There's no snow on the turf. Um, we're running around. The sun's out. It's it, you know what are we gonna? You can't complain about that. You know, right? Got right. a little wind burn, but we're all right. Uh, I, have, good. I have a follow up question. When you say you were able to take your gloves off, do you mean like you've had them on continuously since? landing from florida or just you know you meant outside today <laughs> uh outside today but pretty much i mean yeah man i, I you know i just you, you got to get in the you got to get in the uh the spirit of the season and uh you know once the gloves go on you know i'm talking winter gloves too not my lacrosse yeah, oh, not right, my lacrosse right, gloves right. not my lacrosse gloves I, but, yeah uh, it, it's been it's been a brutal couple of days um and hopefully you know i know it's, it's supposed to warm up later this week let's hope that it stays that way because uh yeah yesterday was not fun or tuesday was not fun standing outside for for a couple of hours there watching some scrimmages no not at all but you know what again we're out there and i know uh yeah. it's been tough uh the teams that you know the teams that have it the worst are the ones that that are sharing the turf and have to be out there um you know i talked to coach cameron over at bg and they've had some late practices and and chad Fisher out at portsmouth and you know especially with you know being near the ocean and, and it's it's cold out at night man and, and having late practices it's it's tough for it to be productive um i know i've changed some of my practice plans around a little bit to keep kids moving and just say you know what we're doing more skill stuff today we're doing more transition stuff just because you know trying to stand around and teach when it's that cold and with yeah. the wind blowing in your face forget it you know so um it's definitely it definitely been a challenge for uh, for coaches to start the season, but that's you know we're in New England. It that's could be worse. Way, yeah. It could be two feet of snow on the ground. Could, so that's true. Um, yeah, that's you know. the best thing about yesterday was that the sun was out, not that there was no yeah. Uh, precipitation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so don't forget, you can uh, send us questions and feedback by shooting an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail .com. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at at nhhsports. And uh, you can listen to the show every Thursday morning at nh-highschoolsports.com. The uh, Ninth State Sports Show is proudly sponsored by Prolax Customs. Located in Bedford, Prolax Customs wants to make your stick as unique as the way you play your game. It is the place to go in southern New Hampshire for custom-dyed lacrosse heads or guys if you are need in, in need of stick stringing as we head into the start of the spring season. To learn more, visit them online at prolaxcustoms.com. And you can find them on Facebook and Instagram or email prolaxlacrosse at gmail.com. Of course, if you'd like to join Prolax Customs as a sponsor of the show, you still can by sending us an email at nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com for more information. Uh, and as I've done for the last couple of lacrosse seasons, I'm offering a special lacrosse membership to nh-highschoolsports.com. Uh, by signing up, you gain access to all of the content on the website for a full year. Uh, but you also receive a copy of the Lacrosse Preview magazine, which will, uh, which is on schedule to ship uh, in mid-April, and then you also get a copy of the 2022 Lacrosse Yearbook. Uh, this this one uh, that we did for last uh, for the 2021 season uh, was actually kind of a combined preview yearbook and turned in at uh, almost 130 pages, uh, which is by far the biggest one I've ever made. So and and Joe, I, it was beautiful. I, I really appreciate the copy you sent mine. Like it was really, I mean, for anybody that that hasn't uh, 
gotten one in the past. Um, all the articles from throughout the season that Joe writes are in there. A lot of pictures, uh, you know, write-ups of, of every team, preseason uh, All-State lists, postseason All-State lists. It's a really, really nice keepsake. It's great for coaches for for the the following year for scouting. Um, just a just a beautiful. It's it honestly, Joe. Not the it's it, it was a work of art. Like it's it's pretty little coffee table. I got a little coffee table for you now. Little coffee <laughs> it's, table. Uh, yeah, I I didn't I did not uh, intend for it to be that size when we started out, but it uh, it kind of kept growing and uh, yeah. I I mean I I'm. I, I like the way this one came out. So, um, I mean, I have no, I have every intention of making the next one is uh, even better. So, um, so yeah, if you're, you're interested in signing up for that, uh, you can go to, it any- takes a little while, but it's worth it. <laughs> I tell everybody, it takes a little while, but it's worth the wait. Um, you know, it's not, you know, again, Joe's working by himself over there. Uh, it's not like he has a whole army of people working for him, but the, the finished product is well worth the wait and it's a great, it's a great value. So I would encourage anyone to sign up, uh, and take advantage of that. In terms of our friends over at Prolax Customs, uh, I just got a shipment. I got three more sticks strung up for my middle school Excellent. kids. Um, you know, we've talked uh, talked before. There's nothing worse than trying to start kids out with sticks that don't throw well. You know, you buy stuff off the rack, and uh, you know they just they come off. They they don't have a pocket, or if they do have a pocket, it's not strung well. Uh, you know, Joe Prue does an amazing job of stringing sticks, and not only that, these things are like they'd make me want to play. I mean, he's got them custom dyed in dairy field colors. You got logos on them. Like I know my middle school kids are going to be fired up next week. So again, thank you to Prolax Customs uh, for sponsoring the show and and hooking Dairyfield up with some some nicely strung sticks. So uh, last week we uh, we started off our previews with uh, with a look at Division One. Um, went through, broke down some of the, or broke down all the teams and kind of where we thought they might finish up and and who some of the players to watch this year are. So. Uh, this week, we're going to go uh, continue on with the previews and take a look at Division Two. Uh, we're going to change up the format a little bit here just because uh, there's, what, 20 teams in the division, uh, if I'm not mistaken? Um, so It's a large division. <laughs> it's yep. a large division. Um, you know, no one plays everyone within the division, which I think is going to lead to, you know, it, it's kind of funny. I was thinking about this this morning, you know, when the brackets were kind of put out last year, Obviously, they were changed up or regional brackets because of COVID uh, precautions. And uh, you had some matchups that, you know, if you think if, if oh, we played and had kept standings and, and had regular seating like that, that maybe would have happened at different, you know, later on in the tournament. But, you know, if you, you take into consideration the, the just the unbalanced schedule that a lot of teams are going to or that everyone has this year. Uh, you could kind of see something similar, don't you think? Like that, you know, maybe a team that you would have picked to finish second or third because they played a harder schedule finishes, you know, sixth or seventh, something like that. Like, uh, could you think? Do you think we could see that this year? I actually really do, Joe. I mean, the, the schedules really are—they uh, really are not balanced. Um, but I think I think it's also a good. I think it's a good thing in terms of uh, you know there are teams that are going to. Uh, it's probably experienced more wins than they've experienced in the past because they're playing again, either, either some more regional regionalized schedules, or it's a little more balanced in terms of perceived uh, strength, right? Teams, teams uh, matched up a little bit more about, um, you know, instead of trying to play everybody once, uh, you know, teams that maybe would be middle of the road or more matched up against middle of the road teams, maybe teams that are perceived to be favorites and stronger are, are matched up with a little more heavy schedule uh, in terms of, you know, 
those teams playing each other. Um, the downside to that, yeah, you're probably going to get you. I don't think it'll happen in the early rounds, but by by the elite eight, by the quarterfinals. I think you're going to see some matchups that you're like, hmm, that'd make a really nice semifinal or final. Yeah. Uh, pro- probably because because of that. Um, you know, again, the best teams, you know, rise to the top and they overcome those type of things. But yeah, like we talked about last year, it's difficult because, uh, you know, we're going to talk about a team like Timberlane in a second and what that meant to to get to a state final, right, and to compete for a championship. It does mean something. And you know, unfortunately for teams like like Winnicott and Portsmouth, who had to play each other in the first round, or a Hollis and Wyndham, right? That that's tough when you've got two really good teams playing each other that early, and you don't get to advance as far as maybe you, you'd like or or thought you were going to. You know, one one thing I, I just kind of thought of too, I want to throw out real quick. Um, do you know did did the the number of um, playoff teams initially, or it was, is that going to change um, with twenty teams in there? Because I think. Um, you know, of course, unfortunately, um, there is one program that's not going to have a, a team this year in, in John Stark. Um, unfortunately, that that's the, the second year in a row that they haven't been able to uh, to field a, a varsity team. But that changes the number of teams. I think what from twenty twenty one to twenty. Um, so if that's if that's the case, if uh, um, if it's twenty teams, sixty six percent. So that's sixty six percent rule is the two thirds rule. Uh, so you'd have 14 teams. Okay. Uh, so I think it's, four, I think yeah. it's the same. Yeah. Okay. So we're still looking at a 14 team uh, playoff, which gives two, what? Two the, teams. Two teams. Yeah. A bye. Two teams get a bry. Yep. Um, yep. So, you know, last week, like I said, we, we did our kind of in order of, uh, of our maybe projected finish. I think this week we're going to kind of just do a, a random draw here, uh, except we're going to start with the defending champs. Uh, and that's, of course, the uh, the Portsmouth Clippers who uh, picked up their program's first championship, finally broke through, uh, beat Timberlane in the final, and really had a, um, I mean, when you look back on it, a year that was maybe a little more dominant than, than it kind of looked at, you know, throughout the course of the year. I mean, they, I know they had some close games, of course, with, with, with you guys and, and with Winnicott and, um, you know, throughout the season. Uh, but you know they lost only one game, uh, and and were um, were just really I think solid all around. Yeah, I mean in the words of, in the words of Coach Bisher, uh, you know they were a team of grinders. They really bought into playing good, tough team defense. They didn't make a lot of mistakes. They made you earn everything. Um, it was it the high scoring offense of Portsmouth in the past. No, not necessarily, but they could score when they needed. They could score when they needed to, and if you made a mistake, they capitalized on it. Right? Uh, it's it's the same well coached Portsmouth team that it always was. Um, they just happened to put things all together this year, and um, you know they've get. There's every reason to believe that they're going to be right in that mix, competing for it again this year. They return a lot of really good players who now have the experience of playing and winning a championship. They've gotten over that hump. Uh, they know they can do it. And they're adding some good players to that mix too. Uh, yeah, the um, the and the list of guys that, that are I know I mean, they they lost um, a couple good guys uh, to graduation and transfers and that. Um, but you know, looking at this list of guys that are returning, I mean, on just on on the offensive side, you got you know Dylan Rawls, uh, Mike O'Neill, Dom Mulderry, and uh, and kind of a really was a standout as a freshman. Uh, came out of I don't I mean I'll say nowhere, but. Certainly don't expect the kind of season uh, Zach Amend had a, a huge year for them last year as a freshman. He's back as a sophomore. 
And then probably the the maybe the unsung hero of the group was uh, was Nick Smith, who you know came on as a freshman as well and and really you know took over it on faceoffs. So I mean, and he's back. So I mean, that's um, again, like 100%. you said, yeah, guys yeah. that guys that have now a, a, an an experience of a deep playoff run, they know what it takes to win a championship, and and they're all kind of you know back together. Yeah, I, I would tell you without without Nick Smith and Zach Amen last year, uh, you know, you never say never, but like those two guys really stepped up, especially when Dom Maldari got hurt. Um, you know, Dom is, you know, Dom's being recruited to Endicott at the next level, uh, probably more as a D mid, but in Division Two New Hampshire High School lacrosse, uh, you know, a dynamic playmaker on the field, one that demands a lot of attention and draws slides. When he went down. Uh, you know, without without Zach Amen there, without Nick Smith facing off. The other thing, you know, Nick Smith was, was dominant facing off, but he's also really good between the lines and can be an offensive threat when needed. So, yeah, those, those guys will be huge coming back. Um, they have an attackman midfielder, Ben Purcell, uh, coming in that's expected to, expected to start right away for them. Or if not start, you know, add valuable minutes there. Very good player. And they get a player back in Keegan Delisle, uh, transferring back a, as a junior. That's going to add some depth there. That'll help to make up from some of their graduation losses there. Um, the other kid that I really like, a difference maker uh, on defense. You know, they've got Max Brown at, at LSM. Um, you know, I, I'm trying to remember if he was first team All-State or not last year. If he wasn't, he, he was right in that conversation and, and will be again this year. And then, uh, you know, another you talk about another kid that kind of came out of nowhere, sort of maybe a question mark coming in the season. Skylar Michaelitis in, in goal, um, you know, uh, lefty, you know, um, and, and really, really solid all the way around. So, um, yeah, they return. What did, uh, I think coach said they've got 15 seniors this yeah, year. Four 15. have never played, uh, <laughs> but at least six or seven of them have a lot of experience. And, uh, you know, that's what, that's what winning a championship will do, right? Everybody now wants to be part of the team. So uh, they've, they've got a lot of guys out. And, uh, you know, again, I'm sure coach will tell you that, you know, they're probably going to go five, 600 this year, but uh, he's got plenty of talent and, um, you know, they'll, I, I firmly believe they will, they will be in that conversation again this year. And uh, of course the, uh, the team that uh, Portsmouth uh, beat in the final Timberlane, um, I know they, they've been a program that, um, you know, has continued to get uh, better and, and build off of their success and, um you know, it was kind of they they got bumped up to D one for a couple of years there. Uh, well, for for the 2019-2020 cycle, and you know, we we were hoping that that um, you know, or I think that's one of the things we missed out on in that 2020 year was getting to see what uh, what was probably one of the better Owls teams uh, the programs has ha- program has had compete at that level. Um, last year, of course, coming back down to Division two, having a great year, making the final. Uh, you know, this year, um, you know. I, I they lost uh, uh, some very good players from that team a year ago, but I feel like they return enough to to keep themselves in the conversation despite what uh, unfortunately seems like a, a little some some injuries from some other sports um, you know leading up to the spring. No, they 100 percent do. Um, you know, they I think they're going to be an attack oriented team uh, that's going to get better uh, at the midfield as the season goes on. But part of this is, you know, uh, Coach Blaskett's done, done a hell of a job of, of changing the culture and really getting kids to buy in and play in the offseason, play indoor, play club, do all those things, and just work on becoming better lacrosse players. He's getting, he's getting guys that are multi-sport athletes out. It's a much more athletic team than, than even a Timberlane of three or four years ago. Um, he's got guys at every level playing hard and athletic up and down there. 
Eric George, Ethan, Ethan Gary, and, and Braden Bowman on attack, two seniors two, and a junior, that, that's an attack group that, that's going to have great chemistry together. They're going to be a tough group to stop. And then the midfielders are going to continue to develop. Guys like Kyle Shaw, Jack Condon, those guys are going to develop as the season goes on. Um, you know, and obviously with, with Brady Marston and net, you know, they're not going to, they're not going to be giving up soft goals. Um, Brady had a hell of a year last year, made, made tons of big saves, uh, you know, and defense is going to be something that will, that, you know, having Joe Schivel go down, that that's a tough loss for them, but that defense will get better. I mean, coach, coach Blaska is going to have guys play aggressive. They're going to get out on hands and, and that's going to develop as the season goes along. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, there's no reason why they won't be they won't be in the mix for for a deep playoff run again this year. You know, you mentioned the three guys on attack, and and the thing with watching them last year, and I, I hope I hope this comes out right. Um, but the the way I I gotta imagine they're they're somewhat difficult to defend because all three of those guys are are very skilled players, but there's not any one that you say, okay, well this is the guy we have to shut off. You know, I, I think all three of them are very capable of of pick, or of stepping up and carrying the load if one guy isn't, you know, is having an off day. Or if one team does say, okay, this is the guy we're going to take away. I, I think they're all three kind of interchangeable, if that if, – if I'm um, – no, I don't if think that, that comes sense. off the wrong way at all. I think they've got, I think they've got great chemistry together. They're they're they've got good stick skills. They've got good vision. They're all good shooters. Um, you know, and they 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 work well within the the offense that coach is trying to run. You know, so I I, I don't think that no, I I think then that's what you want as a as a coach. You want a team looking at you and say, man, who do we take? Like if we take this guy away, okay, fine, this guy's going to step up. Now, it's it's definitely the way I try and model my team. Um, and probably why. You know, if I'm being honest, why my team didn't go as deep as we wanted to last year is we didn't have that type of depth that we've had in the past where, uh, you know, teams teams could. They could take a, a guy away, and, and we didn't necessarily have a lot of answers for that um, last year. You know, and they, they've got a, an interesting kind of open – well, first, one of their scrimmages I, I was I, – I'm, I'm hoping to make it out there on Saturday to see, uh, but they, they go to scrimmage at Pinkerton on Saturday – um, which is an interesting um, matchup, you know, just to, to kind of compare where you are against one of the one of the top programs in the state, I, you know, even if it's preseason. But then their their opening week of the season is, um, you know, they they start off the year with a four game week, uh, having added a, a game against Conval in there, um, you know, with Conval, Alvern, and uh, Memorial Central. I think those might be. If I'm not mistaken, definitely Conval Alvern's Monday, Tuesday, and then the other game I, I think might be Wednesday, but I'm not positive on that. And then North on a Saturday morning. Um, you know, it's a Coach Plask is such yeah. to me that he wasn't he wasn't happy with his schedule in the beginning because he's got to play us pretty pretty quickly after that, and he <laughs> wanted he wanted to get more opportunities to get his guy to get the kinks out. So I didn't realize he had scheduled that many games, but uh, holy cow, yeah, they. <laughs> They will, uh, you know, maybe not the traditional powerhouses, but he will certainly be testing his depth at that point and and have good opportunities to work out some of uh, some of those early season, uh, yeah, some of the early season chemistry issues or or dropsies or other things that might plague a team early on there. Um, so, in, in a good opportunity to get guys playing time. Yep. So we we started with the two teams that were in the in the final last year. Why don't we? Why don't we go with the the semifinalists? So that's that includes uh, your guys. Why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, about the twenty twenty two Dairyfield Cougars? Sure. 
Uh, you know, I think I think last year, as I alluded to, right, we were a younger team. I think COVID really, uh, it definitely disrupted the flow in terms of what I like to do to help develop kids and, you know, uh, just lost some kids because of that year away, you know, didn't have, didn't have an opportunity to kind of, you know, beat the, beat the drum and get some kids out in the hallway that we'd normally have come out to help fill out. So I, we definitely didn't have the depth that we've had in the past, um, you know, and, and guys like Chaz Dean and, and uh, Ryan Epso and stuff like that took on a bigger, heavier load than normally I like. Um, and I, I'm, I'm optimistic and enthusiastic about this team because it's back to the type of lacrosse that I like to play where we're going to be able to put out 10 guys on the field, maybe even, you know, more depth behind that, where everybody's going to be a threat, where, where when teams want to scout us, they're going to be looking at all these guys and being like, okay, who do we take away? And then I feel like I've got guys that can step up and, um, and, and carry that load, kind of like you were talking about earlier. Um, you know, in terms of guys that from last year's teams that are re- uh, returning, I had two starting freshman attackmen last year, Alex Murray and Chili Cabot. Those guys are, those guys are back. Uh, Quinn, Quinn Silvio uh, at the midfield uh, did a, did a fantastic job. Sophomore last year, by the end of the year, was playing really well, playing through some injuries. Um, and he's looking good. Uh, Dugan Brewer Little uh, at LSM and at close defense. Uh, he's a guy that's that's going to step up and, and be really good for us this year. Tyler Latieri, another junior on defense. Um, you know, so again, I, I think we were a young team last year. I'm, I, if I'm honest, Joe, I think we actually overachieved. And I know that's that's hard to for a lot of people to probably hear because year in and year out, we are competing for that state championship. But I was really proud of our team last year and uh, you know me, I hate to lose, but um, it was a good, in that respect, it was a good thing for our team because the guys are hungry now. Um, So I don't know, Joe, what's your, what's your take on the Dairyfield team? I would would have to say my biggest question for you is, is who's in goal. I mean, you had, you know, you had three goalies who were, you know, seniors could have been starters on, on pretty much, you know, any team in the state kind of deal. Um, And, and um, I mean, that's kind of the, I guess that's my biggest question for for you going into the year, and and well, I guess the the other part is too is you also have a couple of new guys uh, on the offensive side that are are going to try to mesh in as well. Yeah, we don't really we don't really have a, a very good goalie coach here, so we're <laughs> our plan this year we're just gonna we're gonna put a guy in a goalie helmet and a chest protector and give him a short stick. We're just gonna play with an extra short stick Excellent. out there. Uh, teams really don't need to teams really don't need to scout our goalie. We're just we're just not gonna put one out there this year. It's uh, you know. Goalie coach here is subpar, and uh, Dairyfield to scout on Dairyfields. They don't have a goalie, and uh, it should be pretty easy to score on them this year. So, uh, no, Joe, we're we're in good shape. I'm really proud of the guys that I had. Two kids uh, been working with me all summer long. Incredibly, uh, Kelvin Riley and, and Parker Leibitz, uh got up uh, 7 a.m. all all summer long. Worked with me every day. I've uh, been working hard in the fall and throughout the winter, and um, I'm I'm very optimistic about where we are right now. Um, do I have the three goalies I had last year? No, I do not. But uh, I'm expecting by the end of the season that that will be a strength for us. Um, so uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, again, development, and uh, but uh, it's it's a nice problem to have. Again, had three goalies last year. I got two this year that I feel are capable of of playing at any time. So again, a problem that a lot of teams would probably like to have. I sense there might have been a little bit of sarcasm in your answer there. I don't know about uh, terrible goalie coach. <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, and then um, you know, like um, you had a couple guys from transfer in from from Trinity as well with uh, with Tate Flint and uh, 
and uh, uh, Mr. Flanagan, I'm forgetting his first name. Please help Ethan, me out there. Ethan, Ethan yes, Joe, you're you. not supposed to tell everybody all of my team. <laughs> Come on, you got to leave some I mystery. Think, I, th- I think uh, that one might have gotten out there uh, before today. I'm not. I'm not sure. Yeah, about that. Uh, you know, yes, Tate Flint, very good, very good player. Uh, you know, he he will be another another piece. Uh, I like Tate a lot because he he offers us uh, flexibility to play at both attack and midfield. Ethan Flanagan, uh, both these guys also, they, they come with uh, experience of having played in a championship game. Um, they're multi-sport athletes. Tate's a hockey player. Ethan's a basketball player. Um, lacrosse is their primary sport, but both those guys, uh, I would expect them to be able to step up and, uh, you know, deliver for us this year. They will, they'll be very important pieces uh, for us this year. So the, uh, if we're, we're sticking with our, our kind of going back here from, from uh, last year's finishes, uh, the other semifinal team that, uh, that, that played Timberlane in the, in the semis was, uh, was Kingswood, um, you know, and had putting together one of their, uh, better years, um, in recent memory there were, uh, for the Knights and, um, you know, from, a, from what it sounds like, they, they fear are feeling pretty confident about being able to make a, uh, a pretty good run again in, in 2022. Absolutely. I mean, coach, I think coach Matt Manning is very, I think he's very optimistic about his group. They've been working really hard. Uh, they, they did some stuff in the fall. They've been active over the winter. Um, you know, I think he, I think he's really excited about his goaltender, Garrison Hendrickson. Um, you know, I think he, he split a little time last year and now, you know, he got to play for the hooligan program. Um, and, and they're looking for him to step up and, and, you know, step in goal and, and take over the reins there and be, be the guy. Um, Carter Moore, uh, Carter Morrissey on defense. He's a captain. Uh, has been a been a uh, been a starter since he was a freshman. I mean, that's that's incredible. I mean, to have that much experience yeah. uh, back there, um, you know. And then you know his fellow captain Quinn Lucas also also played for the the hooligan program uh, throughout the summer, fall, and winter. So th- those guys are great guys to build on. So you know, defense is going to be a strong point for Kingswood, and um, you know their offense got better and better last year. What do you what do you remember about their offense? Uh, well, I, I wanted to ask first, um, you know, just having that kind of foundation on defense. I mean, what is, I mean, you, you're looking at two of your three captains on that end, your, your goalie who's experienced three seniors, I mean, just, yeah, yeah. How, how strong of a defense can you, I mean, that's, and that's kind of, you know, if you're, if you're, that can make up, I guess, for some other things that maybe you don't do as well to start out the year. Right. Yeah. I mean, in, in theory, right. Your slides are going to be, your slides are going to be better. Uh, you know, you, you should be, you should be good really riding or uh, clearing, clearing the ball, you know, a lot of experience, a lot of experience there. You'd expect that three seniors um, and you know, that they've talked about there would, you know, have a good command of, of the type of defense they want to run and, and should be really sound in the clearing game, which, you know, we know is important, right. You can make stops and then you got to be able to get it to the offen- offensive end there. So having those three guys there is invaluable for them. So, yeah, you mentioned uh, Morrissey and Lucas being captains. Uh, their third captain, uh, Gage Lamontagne, uh, you know, he makes a move from midfield to attack to kind of give them uh, a little more offense. Uh, he's a senior this year. And then another senior, uh, Miles Mayhew, um, also on it, comes back on attack. Um, you know, those two guys give them, you know, a lot of that experience on, on, on offense. And then um, another younger guy, uh, Will Crane, um, is is being looked at to step in and, and be a leader on offense as well. Um, and another yeah, they're guy, really, yeah, they're really high on him right now. Yeah, he he did a lot in the offseason, played for the Four Leaf program. Um, yeah, I think I think he's definitely a name to watch throughout the season. 
and then they got a guy making, I guess, the the opposite switch from what we mentioned. Lamontane is. Uh, I hope I'm going to say this right, but uh, Tristan Tahachi's um, is moving from. He was an attackman as a freshman and sophomore, and now moving to to midfield. Um, you know, you did more... better with that than I would have. Joe, <laughs> so, well, uh, let's let's not. We don't know if it's right as of now, so don't give me too much credit. <laughs> but yeah, I think they, they like him as an athlete. You know, he he's a guy that I think between the lines probably probably could also be a good D midi for them. Um, you know, I think they're looking to get some speed between speed between the lines there. You know, and then uh, Colin Davies, a guy on defense that um, you know is has had a, a few years of experience, and they're looking at him to kind of step up and give him another another uh, guy to build around on that side. Yeah, so I mean, again, Kingswood. Depend, you know, I haven't taken a close look at their schedule yet. Um, I think it'll be more challenging than it was last year. You know, they played a, a regionalized schedule last year. Um, and you know, through no fault of their own, that's what COVID, that's what COVID was doing. They, they played a lot of teams around there. They saw a lot of success, saw probably the most wins they've seen in a, in a long time. Um, you know, maybe, maybe since, uh, maybe since when they last played us in 2010 in division three in the, in the championship in the state finals. Um, you know, so that, that's a great springboard and building block, uh, to build confidence in the program and, and get kids excited. Um, so they're, uh, they're, they are definitely a team to, on the rise this year. Yeah, their their schedule is uh is pretty competitive. They've um, you know, home games against uh, uh Wyndham and uh, Portsmouth, and then road trips. Uh, some pretty interesting road trips to Winnicott, St. Thomas, uh, Timberlane, Derryfield, Oyster River. Um, you know, so they've got a pretty good uh, pretty good schedule. Uh, Doesn't sound like they're ducking too many no. people. It sounds like uh, sounds like they've got a they've got a schedule that's uh, going to be pretty competitive this year. So we'll we'll see where they where they shake out. It'll be a good test for Coach Manning and his group. All right. Well, we made it through four teams. Uh, the the final the final four from a year ago. Where where are we going next? I'll let, let why don't we we'll roll the well, uh, roll the there's a couple wheel. Teams, you know, there's a couple teams. I, I'd like to start with uh, with Hollis and Wyndham. Uh, two teams that had to play each other probably pretty early or earlier than they'd, they'd want to. I mean, right, Joe, they, they, oh, that yeah. was an early yeah, round matchup last year. Opening that, round. Yeah. Yeah. Potentially could have been, you know, could have been a semifinal or a final last year. Um, you know, we'll start with Hollis. Um, Hollis has a, has a great core group of midfielders. Again, it'll be interesting to see where they play. Uh, but Ben Defoe, uh, Tommy Anderson, and Jake Roy all are all are guys that can put the ball in the back of the net and are going to be matchup problems for teams throughout the year. Um, you know, I, I, I think that group uh, is going to carry the load. They graduated a pretty pretty experienced attack last year. Um, you know, they last year I think they were a little more attack driven. This year I'm expecting them to be a little more midfield driven. They always have good guys though. They'll they'll find guys that can come in and, and be good attacking for them. Um, but probably midfield is where their where their strength is going to be early this year. And then uh, on defense, they what they had a lot to replace over there. At least the the biggest part was in goal. Um, you know, and, and then they've got um, guys like uh, Ben Petrella and Colin McGarry coming back. Um, you know, to kind of at least give them some experience on that side. But I mean, do you, I mean, that's going to be uh, probably a big transition for them is, is finding someone to. to Stop yeah, losing goal. Scotty, losing Scotty Walsh and net is a bit is a big loss. I mean, again, that's um, you know similar to what you were alluding with us. That's that's a big question mark for this team. You know, where where will they find? Uh, you know, how will the goalie play be? How will clearing be? That type of stuff. Um, you know, I think the, the nice part for them they've got it. They've got a faceoff midfielder in Justin Colby, 
big, strong, athletic guy, going to win a lot of faceoffs, um, you know, and going to be going to be a problem. Uh, so, you know, one way to shield your goalie is not to give the team, the other team, the ball a whole lot. Right. Yeah, and if yeah. this offense can be dynamic and they're winning faceoffs, you know, you may not have to you may not have to worry about as much. Um, you know, I think. Uh, yeah. So they, they'll be they'll be all right. They'll be in good shape there. Yeah. And then uh, you mentioned Wyndham, too. Um, you know, they've got some some big shoes to fill as well. Um, I mean, probably the biggest being with uh, with the graduation of uh, with uh, Nate Levine off at uh, Syracuse. And I don't know how much you've watched. I don't know how much Syracuse you watched lately, but Nate has actually been getting in on on man up lately. He's been playing. He's been playing for Syracuse's man up unit. Uh, which is really cool to see out there. He hasn't hit the box score yet, but, um, you know, as a freshman who was recruited to be a defensive midfielder, uh, it, pretty incredible for him to see, to see him out there. And a really cool thing for New Hampshire uh, to, to have him out there playing, playing with Syracuse right now on, the, on their starting man up unit. So. You know, they, do, uh, they do return a, a guy in Alex Ryan, though, who was, uh, is a pretty dynamic um, playmaker on offense. So, I mean, there's at least, um, you know, one guy there, but I mean, who's, who's going to fill in around him? Um, is that, that's kind of maybe my biggest question about Wyndham going in. Yeah. Alex Ryan, you know, I would say I would list him and what on the, you know, preseason, preseason uh, offensive player of the year watch list, along with some of the other guys that we've already talked about from Portsmouth and uh, Timberland and Derryfield and, and, you know, uh, Hollis, you know, some of the, some of the guys we've already talked about there, but Alex Ryan's definitely in there uh, played on my Under Armour team this summer. Um, incredible, you know, a, a incredibly quick first step, uh, gets a shot off with power on the run. Uh, he is going to be a matchup problem. He's going to draw doubles all day long. Uh, you know, I see guys like Matt O'Connor. Um, you know, he's always been a little bit of a smaller attackman, uh, senior this year, I think ready to take the next step. I think he'll be, he'll be a guy, uh, Drew Denton, a kid who, uh, plays, plays both midi and attack. I think he, he'll be one that they'll, they'll look. Uh, look to a little bit to kind of to kind of help put the ball in the back of the net. Um, and then, you know, I think they've got guys that can I, I think defense uh, could be a strength for them as well. Uh, Patty Furtado, senior going to uh, Riviere, uh, Jackson Milano and net. Um, even though they listed him as a senior last year, he was actually <laughs> only a junior. Right. And uh, he, he will be back playing very well. Um, you know, good he's, athlete. Uh, I want to say that, he would... uh, he's got that fifth year of COVID eligibility. Though, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, trust me. That's not a thing. I've, oh, okay, I've had a lot okay. of parents as an athletic director, try and tell me it was a thing and it's not, unfortunately. <laughs> Are you, really? I was making a joke. I was trying to be. No, funny. unfortunately, unfortunately there's uh yeah, there's a lot of families that in and rightfully so that uh, wish that was a thing, but, uh, uh yeah. So, um, but yeah, Jackson, Jackson, uh, uh, big time football player, uh, linebacker, I want to say, I think he's going to UNE, uh, but a very, very good goalie played, played Tomahawks with me when he was younger and now just uh, super athletic um, is going to do well, clearing the ball and a great ball stopper. Um, you know, so I think, I think those guys are guys that could step up for them this year um, and make, make for an interesting, uh, interesting run for them. You know, sometimes, you lose players like Sawyer Hall and Nate Levine, and yes, they're dominant players. But sometimes the other guys around them feel like we got to get the ball to them all the time, right? And and sometimes you actually get better because now all of a sudden guys play freer, they're moving the ball, they're playing more as a team. And I'm not saying that was what you know Sawyer or Nate that wasn't really their fault, but that just sometimes that that's the natural, um, you know, thought process right, yeah. of players out on the field. I, I got to get the ball to the star, right? We, right. we got to get it to them and, and make sure we get it to them they could actually be a more dangerous team this year. They might be a more unselfish team this year. 
um, in that respect. Yeah, it's kind of almost in a way addition by subtraction kind of mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I, although I, I'd probably still take a Syracuse commit on my team. I, anyway. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that probably means, probably doesn't probably doesn't hurt. <laughs> um, I, I'll tell you the, the thing with Wyndham is they're always going to have athletes out there. You know, uh, they're they're always they always get a lot of football players and basketball players, um, you know, out there. And they if when they put it together, they're a tough team because they're physical and they play hard between the lines. They're always going after ground balls. They play good defense. Um, so, you know, uh, I, I do think guys are going to have to step up about around Alex Ryan, but they are not going. They're going to be a tough team to beat this year. You know, talking about schedules too, and they've got one of those ones where they play uh, at least one game. I'm lo- looking at it real quick. Salem uh, play a game against Salem in Division One, so there is that potential for uh, for to give them a little bump, bit of a bump in terms of rating, mm-hmm. which you know could could affect playoff seating. So that's that's there too. Um, you know, the the I guess maybe the next team that I, I'd like to mention or like to bring up. Uh, maybe sure. we'll, we'll just go alphabetically here. Uh, is is Winnicunit? Um, you know, it's uh, a team that, um, you know, was in the finals, what, in 2019? Um, certainly had a, a, a great shot at getting there last year. And, and again, kind of kind of in the same spot Wyndham was, you know, with the unfortunate spot where they have to open up the playoffs against um, a team in Portsmouth that's, you know, was also very good. Um, but, you know, they, they've got enough guys returning. And and uh, I'd kind of start with uh, with the well, a, a guy who's not a returning starter, but a returning varsity player in, in Nash Kelly, in uh, in goal. Uh, um, you know, had a chance to get catch some of their scrimmage Tuesday night against Bedford, and um, he looked pretty good. Uh, made a couple really good saves. Was moving well. Um, you know, his clears were pretty good, and uh, and and another uh, another lefty goalie for the Warriors. So I was. You know, it, it, not too much of a change there for for them in terms of, uh, you know, just kind of having a different look for teams. Yeah, Carter was a great goalie for them in the past. Uh, a lot of teams, Nash arguably could have started for a lot of other teams last year, and he steps right in. Recently committed to St. Anselm, uh, you know, a program that that's taken Lemoyne to the to the gone toe to toe to Lemoyne and, and looking to make an any ten uh, championship run this year. Um, you know, Nash will definitely be a backbone there. Uh, Nico Zeno, probably, probably on the, probably on a watch list for, you know, one of the, one of the top defensemen in the league right now, big, strong, athletic kid, uh, handles the ball really well with the ball and a stick, you know, could be a one man clearing, can be a one man clearing show if he needs to be, um, those guys, Elijah Gar- Garfalo, Sean Wolves, those guys are going to be good. They've got two LSMs and, and Cooper Canelli and, and Jake McGarry. Uh, that are that are big and strong. Uh, a lot of these guys are lefties too. Good matchups for against right-handed guys, uh, matching stick on stick. Um, they're they're definitely early in the season. Their their uh, strength is going to be in the defensive end. Um, they're going to get out and they're going to get on guys and, and press and and play good solid defense. And Nash is going to clean up anything behind him, making making uh, saves and getting the ball out quickly. Um, they're you know they're going to be a strong defensive team for sure. You know, I, I think, uh, and, and they'll probably, that they might have to lean on that, I would think, a little bit early on just because they, you know, some of their bigger losses were, were on the offensive end, uh, if I'm remembering correctly. It, well, uh, you remember very correct. I think five, five of their six, what I yeah. think Pat would say, would be their starters from last year, uh, excluding Caleb White, who, who's going to have, you know, coming in as a junior is going to be very strong, um, probably, one of their, probably one of their leading offensive guys early in the season. Um, but, 
you know, I think they're going to have more depth than they think, uh, or, or Pat will lead on onto. Um, they, they've got a good youth program now and they've got it. They've always, they always have great numbers come out in the JV program. Uh, Colin Kimball returns from a season ending injury last year. Uh, the McCann brothers at midfield, um, they're, they're going to have, they're going to have guys and those they're going to get better and better as the season goes on. This is a team that I, I have a feeling you're probably not going to want to see in the playoffs, um, cause they're going to be well coached and they're going to get better as the season goes on. Um, yeah, you, you mentioned uh, ha- the McCanns um, having two of the three uh, triplets there, um, you know, on the team. I mean, just knowing their history and, and how good uh, Tucker and uh, I want to say it was Jake was at football. I know obviously he's not um, playing lacrosse, but um, Tucker and LaVon playing lacrosse. I mean, those kids are, are tough as nails and, and would run through a brick wall. Uh, so, you know, that, that you, you know. That's when it cut it. When it cut it, they always had big, strong athletes out there. Uh, they get better as the season goes on. Again, it's a team that uh, doesn't – it tends not to make a lot of mistakes. They make you earn everything. And, um, you know, they, they, they've they got the defense – you know, you start you, – you build a championship team from the defense out, right? And and they're going to play – they're going to play good defense. So, might be a team that I, I think Pat is actually hoping that teams feel like they're flying under the radar a little bit, right? Like you sneak up on teams. They're not sneaking up on me. I know how good they are. <laughs> I'm sure that's just what he wants to hear. <laughs> um, all right. Well, where are we going next? Uh, we finished. We talked a little bit about the Warriors there. Uh, you know, why don't we talk about another Seacoast team in uh, in Oyster River Newmarket? Uh, there you go. You know, coming yep. off a, a pretty solid year last year, double digit wins. Um, you know, they again had a tough playoff matchup with Portsmouth. Um, lost two really good players in, in Hayden Marshall and Ethan Todd to graduation, but. You know, from the the looks of it, they've got a pretty good senior class returning, and and they've got some pretty good underclassmen as well. Yeah, I mean, with them, I liked I liked how disciplined and well coached they were last year. Coach, Coach Haley did a good job of of making sure his defense was sound, and and um, you know, he's got a really he's got a really good goaltender and Finn Mason plays good angles. Uh, they funnel shots to where they know he can make saves. Um, you know, and then offensively. They, they, they bought into working together as a team. I don't think he has as many playmakers as he'd like, but they run a good disciplined team offense that makes them difficult to stop. They're very patient. They wait for the defense to break down and make mistakes. Guys like Gabe Goodwin, Sam Gilmet, like go, those guys, they can get a step on their guy. They can draw a slide. Those guys will be good. Uh, Jake Palia at attack. Uh, he's a sophomore this year, started as a freshman. Um, you know, th- those are guys that I think they're going to, they're going to lean on. They're developing more depth. Uh, more kids are, are staying home. They see the program that, that Ruffy is building out there and um, he's got more and more guys coming in. I think he's got some young guys that he think might be able to help him out this year too. Yeah. The thing that, um, you know, I, I, I don't know in a way, I, I feel like maybe I got a glimpse of this uh, last year. Cause it just, it just so happened that the couple of times that I saw them play was without Marshall. Uh, on offense, so I got to see some of you know some of these other guys that you mentioned, like Gilmet and Goodwin, and uh, Falia kind of carry have to carry the load on offense. Uh, very impressed with with what they've been able to put together, um, you know. And just looking over their their lineup here, I mean, they've got a lot of freshmen that are coming in, uh, potentially getting some time on varsity. So, yeah, yeah. To me, that was an example of again. I, I'll take <laughs> I'll take a Hayden Marshall on my team any day. But that, again, was like one of those things where it was almost addition by subtraction because it forced the team to play more team ball. And they really they really bought into what Coach Haley was telling them, like, hey, if you run these sets, if you do these things, 
this will work eventually. The defense will break down. You're going to have opportunities. We don't need to just feed the ball to Hayden Marshall and let him isolate and go one-on-one. We could be, we become a more dangerous team that way. Um, and so, you know, again, I, I think they've got a, they've got a tough slide. They've got a tough road this year uh, in terms of, of teams they have to play, but um, it's a team that's continuing to build and get better and better. You know, you mentioned uh, Mason and goal and, and some of the other guys that got around him too. Uh, you got Amani Harvey at LSM. Um, oh, I lost my place here. Here it is. Curtis Lights, uh, junior on defense. Chris Piller, another uh, senior defenseman. Um, Zach Serrano, another senior defenseman. So I mean, they've got some some pretty good experience. Yeah, they're uh, going to be strong. They're going to be yeah. they're going to be strong in the defense, and then they played good defense last year. Um, so again, a team that's very capable of making a playoff run again. You know, you mentioned you know, their schedule, and they do. They they get you know they got St. Thomas on there twice, Portsmouth to end the year, Winnicott, uh, Timberlane. Like it's a it's a pretty you know they play Dover uh, as well. Um, so they've got a pretty challenging schedule too. They do. It's a it's a more seacoast based schedule, but like unfortunately for them, a lot of the seacoast teams are are traditionally very good and look strong again this year as well. Uh, how about we do another another Seacoast team there in uh, St. Thomas? I thought that's where you might go. <laughs> oh, good. You're ready then. <laughs> I'm ready. All right. Of course, um, the, I guess the, the biggest change you start with there is just the, the change in coach, right? Yeah, Coach Singer comes in. Uh, coach Houlihan did a great job for many years there, um, built, a, built a very impressive program. Uh, coach Singer inherits, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the cupboard was not empty. He comes in with, with some really good players returning. It was a it was a very young St. Thomas team last year, um, you know. But he's got he's got a, a depending on where these guys play, he's got three attackmen coming in, very similar to a, a Timberlane team, in uh, Marcus Broom as a senior, Anthony DiMartino Jr., Finn Connor as a junior, and he inherits uh, a guy uh, coming in from uh, I believe he lives in Maine, but is making the trek down in Jackson Estes, which uh, which a lot of people are really high on uh, coming in as a freshman at the midfield or maybe a midfielder attackman um, to add, add some depth there. Um, Lincoln Stone, senior, facing off for them, going to be really good. Um, you know, they, they, he's, he's got some things to work with there. Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned not, you know, being really young last year. And, I mean, just looking over their roster from a year ago, I, they had two seniors uh, and just, what, five, six juniors, I think? five or six so i mean yeah just a a a lot of uh, a lot of youth in that team that kind of really needed i think last year maybe benefited from the fact that there wasn't as much um or that last year was maybe the kind of year that it was where it was more about getting out and playing yeah you know they have um you know you lose they lost their senior goaltender but they arguably have one in eli alaire that's coming in that's going to be even maybe maybe an up well in my opinion will be will be an upgrade uh in the goal there you know, very good ball stopper. We had to play him in the in the JV team uh, a couple of times, and he w- he was very good, very good out of the cage. Likes to get out and run, uh, an asset in the clearing game for sure. Um, you know, and their defense is going to continue to take steps forward as well. Um, you know, Caden Caswell. Um, you know, there's a few. I'm blanking on I'm blanking on names off the top. Um, there were a couple other guys too uh, that they, they were a young defense last year. And, um, you know, so those guys will all take another step. They got a, they got a year of experience underneath them. So. Well, uh, all right, where, where to next? I, I picked the last couple. Who are we going to take a look at next? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, well, you know, there's some teams that traditionally, you know, that, that traditionally are our final four and, and, uh, um, you know, deep playoff teams that I'd like to take a look at in sure. Goffstown and Hanover. Yeah. Um, you know, Goffstown came off a year last year where again, due to regional, they had to play us in the first, they had to play us in the first round of the, of the regional regionals there. Um, you know, a team that arguably, you know, would have been, would have been competing for, you know, at least a, a quarterfinal or maybe even a semifinal run last year. Um, but but had to play had to play Dairyfield in that opening round. Uh, tough matchup for both teams. Um, you know they they returned some good pieces too. Coach Lawson's got some nice stuff to work with there. Uh, T.J. Smittick was just a freshman last year. Uh, you know he returns midfielder attackman. Uh, Ethan Hansen at the midfield, big strong player. I clearly has not missed the weight room in the last year. Uh, he's going to be a matchup problem for people. Um, Bobby Schaefer. Uh, was their their face-off guy last year and and looks to take a step forward there. So they're strong there. And then Sean Cody, who was a backup goaltender last year, worked really hard, quick reflexes, takes up space, big, tall, going to be good in the clearing game. Um, so they've got some nice pieces, right? You you, you got a goaltender, you got a face-off guy, and you got some guys that can put the ball in the back of the net. Um, I think they're going to continue to work on the defense. I think the defense is something that's going to come along. They, they graduated some guys last year that were pretty good for them on defense. Um, but Gosstown's one of those teams, as you know, that, you know, they always get athletes and football players to come out. I'm expecting that their defense is, is going to be pretty good again this year. Yeah. You, you mentioned the goal. That was probably my, that's my biggest question thinking about Gosstown because you, you know, they graduated a, a kid in, in, in Grady Cretion who, I, I don't know, was he, if he wasn't a four-year starter, it sure felt like he was a four-year he starter. He was at least a three-year yeah. starter. I know when we played them in the semifinals in 2019, he was a net for them. Um, but Sean, Sean's a kid who, who I've worked with before, um, who again, uh, I had some opportunities last year, but Grady was pretty good in, but, but I think Sean's ready for the challenge and I think he'll step in and do just fine this year. And, uh, Hanover, uh, what in their second year now down in division two, um, what, what have you, what have you seen and heard about them? Uh, you know, I think last year, uh, you know, pretty, a lot of, a lot of guys that were seniors for them last year that, that played a big role for them. Um, you know, I, I think they've, they've got some guys, uh, Seamus Murphy back on the defensive end. Um, you know, Brendan Logan at the midfield, uh, DH Hendricks at the midfield. I think it's, it's, it could be a little bit of a building year for them. Um, you know, I, I think they've got some pieces there. I think coach is excited about, uh, you know, he's got, he, he feels like he's got two goaltenders that may be able to really solidify that position last year. That was not a strength for them. Um, you know, I know he's really excited about his freshman and Henry Cotter. Um, so I think, you know, it's a team again, that I think will get better as the season goes along. Um, but, but may, may struggle at first to get their feet underneath them. They're building that depth. They're building that, that youth program which was always a strength for them when, you know, when they won championships at the D one level in 2007 and 2009, they had arguably one of the top youth programs in the state. Um, you know, and it's, it's been tough, um, you know, demographic switch and, and all that kind of stuff. And there's been less kids um, playing at the youth level for them. So that, that's something that I know coach Gardner is actively working on is trying to rebuild that youth program. You know, they were a team too in, in division one. It always felt like, you know, you, you kind of, just because they're they're where they are, you know, in, in proximity to everyone else, you kind of, you know, they they fall off the radar a little bit. But then you, next thing you know, you're coming down to the end of the season, and they're, you know, fifth or sixth in the standings, and and they've played a couple of the best teams pretty well, or, or maybe even I will tell you year in off. and year out, 
Coach Gardner maximized the talent he had there. You know, he ran excellent defensive schemes. Um, you know, the, the, the time we had to go up, we, we played them the first game up there. And, um, you know, he, he threw some wrinkles in that all of a sudden our kid, you know, we're down. I think we were down two or three nothing. We had to adjust to what they were doing. And, you know, we did. We, we got back into it and we were able to pull away in the second half. But, um, you know, he, he, he always schemes up some really good stuff to maximize the talent that he has there, to use the pieces that he has. So I don't think it'll be any different this season. You know, they, they may not have they, – they lost some pretty good seniors last year, some guys that have been around that were hungry to get back out there because they missed the year with COVID. And now they got to fill now they got to fill back in um, and rebuild that a little bit. You know, one guy you mentioned there, uh, Seamus Murphy, um, you know, just a, a kid who is, uh, you know, haven't watched him this past football season uh, for Hanover. I mean, just a, a physical runner and, and, and punishing kind of guy. And I mean, having that guy um, defensively, I think is uh, I mean, that's that's a great place to start. You know, you, you, as you were saying, just trying to fill in around in other spots. But. He was a guy. He was a guy we game planned against. I I saw him on tape and I was like, holy cow, like this is a guy (laughs) in transition. We got to make sure we stop every time, like make sure double the ball, get the ball out of his stick and and make sure he's not he's not trucking down the field and running a fast break. Um, So, yeah. That that was a I, I know what you're talking about, Joe. He is uh, for teams that didn't get to play him last year. He is a he is a physical specimen. I mean, they sure. had that the game one game that stands out to me. Um, it's sorry to mix up sports here, but but uh, football last year when Hanover played Sauhegan, I mean, they opened that 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 game um, just running the ball all over Sauhegan, and and but it was like a you know 15, 16, 17 play drives. Like it wasn't like big and flashy. It was just run up the middle and, and smack you in the face. It's, it was, yeah, I, I would, uh, yeah, I, I would definitely a, a guy that you need to keep an eye on and make sure he doesn't kind of, uh, I mean, not that he's going to, anyone's going to take anyone's head off and, and, and no anymore, but uh, I, you know what I mean? <laughs> I do. I do. But there, yeah, you gotta be able to, you still gotta be able to get in front of them and stop them for yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, where to next? How about, um, you know what? Um, I, let, let's talk about uh, what, what I'm I'm affectionately going to call uh, Man United this year, uh, Manchester Memorial Central. Uh, of course, having a uh, a co-op team uh, in the uh, in the Queen City this year, as they did last year, had a chance to actually go up to one of their practices last week and 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 get a look. And uh, I, I got to say, told me, Joe, did they have like 40, 50 kids? Out? They had a, had at least it had to be over fifty kids. I I was. Uh, you know, I was pleasantly surprised to see that. Um, that's incredible. Yeah, that that's so good. That's so good for lacrosse in New Hampshire to see that many kids coming out and playing. That's awesome. You know, and, for, and from what it sounded like, it was a pretty good amount of, you know, kids, football kids from Memorial and Central who, you know, have also played lacrosse, you know, kind of convincing some of their friends, you know, that played football to come out and try a new sport. Um, you know, so, I mean, it's obviously it's going to be rough at times if you've got a lot of kids that that aren't as familiar with it but you know they were um it was actually interesting to see uh coach uh D'Onofrio, the way he was kind of running practice uh reminded me actually a lot of like a football practice like they kind of broke down into different uh into different po- group uh positional groups and kind of worked on different things and then they were rotating around and it was uh it was kind of it was pretty fun to watch um, yeah. and they of course have a, uh, a, a jamboree coming up on Saturday. Um, I think, I hope I got the name right. Play for a cause, 
uh, where they're kind of going to do what Memorial Field Hockey does and, and hold a fundraiser, um, you know, for the Jamboree as well. Um, so that should be an interesting uh, day on Saturday, Saturday. Looking at the schedule, I think they're going to have like some skills competitions in there as well. Um, so oh, that, that's, that's so cool. Yeah. That, that's great. Yeah, I know uh, I was talking to, uh, you know, another person will talk, Coach O'Brien over at Pembroke. They're bringing their team down. I think Coach Manning is coming down from Kingswood. Uh, I want to say Guilford, I think, is in that Yeah, mix. they might be. Um, um, Bishop Brady's going to be there. I think Trinity's yep. going to be there. So that'll be a fun. That'll be a fun day. A lot of local, a lot of local teams playing, uh, and a good opportunity to get out and uh, and get some experience there. Um, who are some of the kids? Who are some of the kids that you're excited on, man? You there? So um, the the two that kind of I think stand out. Um, you know, when you're talking about Manchester, is uh, Braden Halfman, a, uh, yep. a senior attackman who's from Memorial, was actually the starting quarterback uh, for the football team at Memorial, and then uh, the other is a, an offensive midi, Gavin Linz, another senior from Central, who played for the soccer team at Central. Uh, those two guys actually were, were two of the guys that I, I got a chance to chat with while I was up there. Um, you know, they are, are two guys that have do have a lot of experience uh, playing lacrosse, um, and they just seem so excited to have this opportunity with, you know, having a bigger team and, and, and a, lot, a lot of guys, um, you know, willing to come out and give it a try. Um, they got a couple other guys on defense, and, and August Connors, a senior, Carter Beeland, a junior, and then a D. Mitty and Parker Burgess that are all uh, returning from last year. So uh, they've got kind of a core on the defensive side. Uh, Owen Kelly, who's a junior, going to step in as well. And uh, Jacob Calabro, a senior. Uh, D. Mitty, who, um, you know, gives them I, – I mean, that's a, a pretty good uh, a number of guys, I think, to start out with on that side. Uh, I don't think depth is – I don't think no, depth is going to be an issue like for them this year. No. I think they're going to – I think they're going to have plenty of guys they can roll out there. So that'll that'll be good. You know, and and the other thing, uh, just as a note for any you know anyone that's just looking out to to get out to games, uh, which I I always am, you know, trying to see as much action as I can. Uh, pretty much all of their home games uh, are seven o'clock starts at, at Memorial. So you got the opportunity to maybe go catch an afternoon game somewhere, or, or if you know you're uh, uh, um, watching someone else, yeah, uh, playing or, or coaching somewhere else, you can run over there and. And, and catch them too. I I know I'll be doing that a couple times uh, this year, just because. Uh, yeah, I'm really interested to see how this kind of kind of grows, and you you hope that. I mean, this is a unique opportunity, I think, because the NHIA doesn't always let schools this large kind of, you know, put some have a co-op team or be able to put something like this together. Uh, and I know they're doing. I, I can think of at least sports. one coach that's excited about that start time there. The opportunity yeah. to scout, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I, I hope this is something that if it needs to continue, you know, to, to help build the programs back up, that it's allowed to continue, you know? I, I hope so, too. I've been unfortunately hearing rumblings that uh, that numbers and things have not been good in Nashua. And we might be looking at a similar situation, which stinks uh, in terms of in terms of bigger cities. But uh, as we said, that's a problem for another. That's a problem for another year. Both those Nashua teams have, have good depth this year. Um, so hopefully hopefully it's hopefully that proves false yeah. down the road. Uh, so where, where are we headed to next? Well, we got a few teams left here that, that we want to talk about. I would, uh, I would say, let's talk a little bit about Co Brown, our okay. friends out there. Um, you know, that's a team that was super young, didn't graduate any kids last year. Didn't, didn't graduate <laughs> any, didn't graduate one starter. Um, you know, I think you start with on attack or, uh, on offense, you start with David Lee, uh, Riviera commit, uh, had 36 goals and 26 assists last year. 
Um, just an incredible year, incredible year for him. And then I know, I know they're really excited about James Thomas, another re- re- commit uh, in goal. Uh, I've gotten to watch him play indoor a little bit. He is very, very good goaltender. Um, they've got a lot of guys that that could be. It could be a really fun year for them. They're looking. They're looking to. Uh, they're looking to challenge themselves. I mean, coach reached out to me and you know was looking to actively add us to their to their schedule. Um, and when John Stark went down, uh, he jumped on the opportunity to to come and play us. So I, I know he's really excited about his team. Feels like he has something special there, and um, you know could be could be a team that that makes a run this year. You know, I, I think another team that that maybe could be in that boat, um, and and again we'll go alphabetically here is uh, is Conval. Um, you know, they uh, they didn't graduate much from last year. Only two kids. Um, you know, they've got uh, all of their defense back. Um, you know, they're going to try to play a bit of a, a more a- aggressive um, style of defense. Um, you know, they've got uh, their goalie back from last year and, and Alex Heck. Uh, top defensive player, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna try to do another name here. Nick's Scortrido. I, I hope I'm saying that right. <laughs> and then uh, they add Noah Stewart uh, at LSM. Um, you know, and, and and then another guy on defense, Bryson Boyce, who who's played pretty well. Um, you know, so that's I mean that's a pretty good foundation to have there. Um, and that's not even talking about Coach McNamara's son right. Ronan, who yeah. who is a is a Division One legitimate Division One uh, prospect at close defense uh, for his club program in the New Hampshire Tomahawks. He kind of plays out of position a lot and plays mid, plays midfield, plays attack. He'll pick up and play LSM when they need or close defense. Uh, even um, takes faceoffs, from what I understand. Even takes fa- even takes faceoffs when needed. Yeah. Um, I really like Alex Heck. Uh, I got to work with him this fall. Uh, I hadn't had a lot of experience with him. I didn't get to see him a lot last year. And now that I've worked with him, uh, very, very good goaltender. Big kid, takes up a lot of space, but super quick, uh, makes good saves. I mean, I, I think, you know, I, I haven't, t- again, another team I haven't taken a close look at their schedule. Uh, we don't play them this year. But, um, you know, a team that's probably going to win a lot of games this year because they're going to be solid in a lot of aspects of the game. Um. You know, I think we also uh, we, we got to talk about a team that won a lot of games last year um, and and picked up their first ever uh, playoff win that was actually against Conval, uh, and that's Pembroke. Um, you know, they went uh, what eleven and one in the regular season last year, and then uh, and then played you guys in the playoffs um, in the what quarterfinals, right? Yep. Um, you know, a magical year, super great year for them last year. Coach O'Brien got back. I love, love Sean. Love to, love to see that he's back in. He's, he's the head coach this year. Um, they do, they've been actively recruit. They, they had a lot of kids to graduation last year. They lost a lot of kids. Um, but they, they've got a lot of kids. They were able to beat the drum and they got a lot of kids out this year. Uh, not with a ton of experience, but they do have a, a really good player in Caden Nix at the midfield. Um, Coach O'Brien's son, Gavin, at attack is a dynamic player that can put the ball in the back of the net. And Chris Lesnar on defense uh, will be three good, three good players for them to kind of build around as this, as they get into the season. There, um, from everything that Coach O'Brien tells me, he, he's excited about the athleticism of the team and the kids they got out. It just may take some time to develop that lacrosse IQ for them. Yeah, another uh, another team kind of in the uh, Concord area. Uh, Merrimack Valley, um, you know, they looks like they've got a uh, pretty good core of starters back, uh, led by uh, you know Ryan Carmichael at goal, Frank Moore. Got to start with yeah. Ryan Carmichael. He he is a very very good goaltender. I'm um, going to keep them in a lot of keep them in a lot of games. 
um, you know, he's definitely, yeah, he's definitely one. Uh, Frank Morrill and, and Jake Carrier on, uh, and, and Calvin Mayer on, uh, on defense. Um, you know, so they're a team that, that kind of, um, kind of keep an eye on, uh, as well, just because of the number of kids that they have back. And then it looks like they have some depth too, with some young guys, uh, coming in this year as well. Yeah. You know, it's a team that I haven't gotten to see. I haven't gotten to see, uh, I haven't gotten to see a whole lot in the last couple of years. We haven't played them COVID hit. And then, um, you know, so that, that they're a team I'm interested to get out and watch a little bit there. Um, they, they, graduated a lot over there they always have they always have good players in the in the program but it's not a team that i'm particularly familiar with because we haven't played them in a while um what about and how about bow um that's another team that's up in that area that um you know is always kind of i feel like you know we're hitting on a bunch of teams here you know as we've gone through this whole division i'm kind of like oh yeah with this team and this team i feel and and it doesn't feel like there's a lot of teams that you look at and say well that's you know the they're these all these teams I feel like are going to compete for playoff spots. Yeah, I mean, especially with fourteen teams making the playoffs, there there is. But there, you know, we haven't we haven't gone through. There aren't a whole lot of teams. You're like, no, they got no shot. You know, there, <laughs> there's a lot of these teams. They all and that's the beauty of lacrosse right now in the state is that there's a lot of players playing and they're and they're good. Um, you know, and Bo Bo is a Bo is a traditional lacrosse powerhouse. They were a powerhouse in D two. They've always had a good youth program. Um, to me, the two kids that I know that that are going to stand out um, are, are Gavin and Ryan McCabe. Uh, went to BG for a year, came back to Bo, um, you know, and I think they're expected to step up there. Uh, again, a team that we haven't played since 2019. Um, I haven't, I don't, their roster is completely turned over to me. I don't know a lot about them. Um, I just know, if I know Coach Primo, um, you know, he's going to have a solid program out there. He's going to put out guys that, that compete. They're going to play tough and physical. And, and they're going to get better as the season goes on. But I, I would keep an eye on the McCabe brothers. Very good athletes, both football players, but also very good lacrosse players. Uh, speaking of good athletes, uh, I think there's a pretty good one over at Alvern in uh, Jared Graham, who uh, you know comes back to lead the Broncos. I, I, I got to see them uh, at least once last year, and I, I think the, the game that I saw him play or saw them uh, play, he had, I want to say, like seven or eight goals. Uh, in a comeback win for them uh, against Nashua North, uh, so yeah, he's incredible pretty, athlete. Yeah, yep. um, you know, and I think he's uh, another guy. You mentioned a couple of Riv commits there. He's another guy that's uh, committed to go to Riviere. Um, you know, they've got a, a sophomore goalie they're pretty high on, and Aiden Kelly. Um, and then Graham's got a couple other guys coming back on offense with him, and, and Connor Hall, Eric Allard, and, and Cole Bucknam. Yeah, Aiden Kelly's very solid. Very solid in that. Um, you know, again, like we keep saying, like, there just aren't a whole lot of teams that are, that are, you know, you're looking at like, oh, that's an easy win, right? There's no division two. There's not a lot of easy outs. Um, you know, there's, there's some very good, very good teams out there. Um, you know, to kind of round out, you know, unfortunately, John Stark, uh, you know, hopefully they bounce back in a year. They, they did not have the numbers, uh, to continue a team this year. Uh, Kennett to me is a little bit of a mystery. I, um, Joe, have you heard anything about Kennett? I did not have not heard anything from Kenneth. No. Okay. Um, so that'll be a team. That'll be a team that we've got it. That'll be a team that we've got to watch along with, along with Spalding, um, you know, two teams that, uh, you know, traditionally have not been at the top. They've, they've missed the playoffs in recent years. Um, but like I said, you know, um, I, I, there aren't a whole lot of easy outs in division two. Um, 
So those will be two teams to keep an eye on as, as the season progresses there. But, man, we did it, man. 20 <laughs> yeah, teams. 20, we made 20 it. 20 teams. We made it through. Uh, I thought we were going to need an intermission there at one point, but uh, but I, I think we I think we did all right. Uh, but uh, any, any final thoughts before we wrap up for this week? Well, I kind of like what you said in the beginning of the year. I mean, with the with the unbalanced schedules, I, I think you're going to I don't think it'll play out in the in the opening rounds. But I think you're going to get some very interesting quarterfinal matchups. I think you'll get some teams that you're like, wow, those two teams could have probably played each other in the finals. Right. And because uh, there are I think there's I think there's at least six, if not eight teams that are all going to be pretty good and capable of winning, capable of winning a state championship this year. And then maybe some teams that you're like, man. Uh, you know, they got some flaws, but man, I really don't want to see them in the playoffs if I don't have to. <laughs> so uh, it'll it'll be interesting. And then like when you add in when you add in the fact that a lot of teams are playing division one teams and, and potentially getting uh, extra extra points because of that, it'll it, it, we could see some crazy standings this year in division two. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be an exciting year. It feels like I, in general, but division two feels like it's going to be uh, yeah. a little crazy. All right. But exciting. But exciting. Oh, We're ready for it. It'll yeah. be good. Um, all right. Well, I think that wraps it up for uh, for this week. Uh, Chris, thanks again for uh, for the the marathon rundown here. Already and, excited about Division Three, man. We yeah, got, we next, got Division Three next week. Next week, I think that's going to be another interesting one. Uh, but a lot to go over there. We'll get to that next week. Um, well, he is Chris Hetler. Chris, thanks one more time, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. I'm Joe Marcellina. Thanks for listening.